Ezekiel 47 and John the 7th chapter. Father, once again, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, the purpose that you have commissioned us with. We pray, Father God, that your desire above all else may be accomplished in us and through us. In Jesus' name. I, I want to start here today in Ezekiel 47. I do want to say thank you to all of you that have chosen to come out. I believe our, our weather has got some, some, some issues, don't you? It's kind of like one extreme to the other. I would go to Walmart in your, in, your, in your shorts yesterday, and some people didn't get the notice. They showed up to church this morning in their shorts. I just, Lord, give them wisdom. If you didn't get enough for Christmas, we'll buy you some long pants. But we're glad you're here. 19 degrees on the scale this morning. A little bit of snow flurries. You folks that went up north to visit your family, we don't appreciate you bringing that stuff back down here. You send it home. We're glad that you're here. I hope and pray that everybody had a, a safe and happy and joyous uh, holiday season, the birth of Christ as we celebrated now this new year, 2022. Amen. Who would imagine we'd been here this long? Uh, I've been ready to go for years, haven't you? But I believe that, and I'm not just saying this because time is clicking off. I'm saying this because I just believe that I believe that I believe, is that we are closer than we've ever been. As we've been talking about on Wednesday nights, you are born not in crisis, you're born for crisis. The Lord has purpose for you to be here now in this generation, in this day. Joseph never imagined it would take 22 years from the time that he started to the time that the vision would be fulfilled. He was thinking it was all about him, not realizing it was all about everybody else and the preservation and the covenant of God. But the Lord has brought us here, and so don't, don't be alarmed at what we're looking at on the horizon. Just be aware of the fact that you've got a, you've got a purpose in all of this because the one who, who gives the assignments lives inside of you. He's the one that calls. But this year, our prayer is not to be full. We want to live in the overflowing presence of God. I, I don't want to be full. I want to see the swelling of the glory of God inside every heart and every home, and I want to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in lives. With that said, I want us to go here to Ezekiel. I want to start there. As, and we're going to tie these two passages together. Father, once again, I need your help. Guide us and lead us today in Jesus' name. Let's look here in Ezekiel 47. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple. Now let's stop right there. I got to thinking about last year when we had the ice storm, and I walked in to check the church. Everything was fine until I got about halfway down the hallway, pipe busted and water was running. It wasn't a good thing. But here, this is a good thing. Amen? Just a little side note. 
Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. So you got the vision. Water is running out of the temple. He brought me out of the way of the north gate, led me around on the outside of the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went to the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the water came to my ankles. So he's leaving the temple, he's walking forward, it's getting deeper as he goes. Again, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and the waters came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and it came up to my waist. And again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross. Water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Just put a little star beside your, that verse 5 and write in the margins of your Bible. It's okay. The will of God. The will of God. We'll get back to that in just a moment. Now I want you to go to John, the 7th chapter. I want to look here in the 37th verse. On the last day, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. I want to read another translation of this passage. Then on the most important day of the feast... The last day. Anybody realize what day we're living in? Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so the rivers of living water will burst out from you, from within, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. He was prophesying of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to take a, a, a quick pause here before we get into the depth of this message. Because as we look here, the river of God was flowing and getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And we'll get back to that in just a moment. But as it, Ezekiel observed, it was an undeniable outpouring from the temple. And there was no way you could cross. You couldn't get around it. You could, you could walk up to it. You can get wet with it, but you couldn't go around it. In fact, if you tried to swim across, that current would catch you and carry you. It was undeniable that the river was flowing from the house of God, and it could not be crossed. It could not be denied. It was a reality in the vision that Ezekiel had. 
And that vision is the same vision God has for his church today. It is the undeniable presence of the river of the living God flowing in and through your life. It is a river that cannot be denied. It is a river that when people get close, they sense the Spirit of God. They understand that they are walking next to a person who has a touch beyond a natural touch. It is the flowing of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. I didn't write this. I couldn't imagine this. These are things the Lord wrote in his, the history of his word, the exegete, as Jesus came to express the heart of the Father, and he shows us in the word his will over and over and over and over again. So as we look here, I want you to note something. That Jesus, as he, as he stood there, he was prophesying of the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit. And we think about not a spirit, the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit. You think about the name Holy Spirit. It is a name, Holy Spirit. Holy means to be separated from and set apart to. Separated from and set apart to. So even the ministry of the Holy Spirit is just given his name, declares his purpose in our life. He, as we think about holy, what is your immediate thought when you think about holy as it pertains to you? Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I got to get busy. I got to get to work. I got to get, I got to get, I got to do more this year. I've got to be more this year. I don't know how I'm going to accomplish this. I know I'm going to get a bigger Bible. I'm going to read more verses in the day. I'm going to memorize more scripture. I'm going to go to church more. I'm going to do all of these things to make me more holy. What happens though when we try to engineer and fuel holiness, it turns out it works. And what it leads to is not the holiness of God. It leads to the holiness of man. We'll just call it what it is, self-righteousness. And what inevitably happens when we try to engineer holiness on our part, what we do is we start measuring man to man. Now, you can deny it all you want to. Well, the truth is, if you're trying to fuel your holiness yourself, it's a comparison game. Well, I'm, I'm more holy than that one, but I'm less holy than this one. I'm going to measure up to this one, and then I'll be more holy than them. But wait a minute, I'm not as holy as... And all of a sudden, it is, a, it is this tormenting game that we play in our own mind, trying to be as holier than the, the last one so we can measure up and be good enough to get in. Now, the holiness of God is not even on the same vein. Not even in the same arena. Holiness of man is measuring man to man. Holiness of God is taking the individual and so separating them from this fallen image that they were born into. 
and reconciling them into the image of the Father. Mm. Three of you got it, so I'm going to stay there just a minute more. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to reconcile us to the image of the Father. Holy Spirit, He separates us from the image of this fallen nature, but not just separates us from the image of this fallen nature and sin and the desires that go along with that. He leads us into being set apart for the work of the kingdom of God. Being confident of this very thing, that he that has begun, who begun the beginning? It was only the Lord. He's the only one that could start, start. And if he's ever started anything in your life, you can take confidence, not in yourself. You can take confidence in him to finish his work. The Lord, let me tell you, he's not going to have a church. He has a church. He has a church. Now, as we look here to the scriptures, and I, I love what the psalmist tells us in, in Psalms 115, those that go make those graven images, they become like them. They become deaf, they become mute, they become uh, blind, they can't move, they, they, at least a bit of wind will topple them, they, they can't function. And those that go out and try to create God into some image of their imagination, they become like that image. But I love what the psalmist also says, I'll be satisfied when I wake in your likeness. I, I'm just not satisfied with my likeness. I want his likeness. I'm not satisfied with a religious likeness or some imagination someone else has about God. I want to spend time with Jesus at his feet, hear from him personally to know who he is and what he has in store. This is so much better than any man's imagination. Who would have imagined God would have brought us this far? As we look to the word of the Lord, we see that Jesus shows up. Now, it says the last feast, the great feast, on the last day of the feast. Folks, we are privileged to be a part of the last day church. We've historically experienced the spiritual reality of the first Passover with Jesus. We, we ex the, the church in history has experienced the fulfillment of the, of the Feast of Pentecost. But now we're the generation of the last feast generation. The feast that has been called by so many different names, Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Booths, Feast of Shelters, Feast of Ingathering. There, we have all of these names pertaining to this last feast, but on that last day of that great feast where all of the harvest is gathered in, it, we met Jesus at Passover. We met the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. But just coming a day real soon where we're going to cry as we look to our Father face to face and say, Daddy, Daddy, we're home. So there was a, 
feast that took place. It was a ritual uh, that took place every year. Three times a year, the Israelites were made a pilgrimage, Passover, Pentecost, and now the Feast of Ingathering. And they're there, and they, they had celebrations that, that began with the sound of the trumpet, called the Feast of Trumpet. Now, the, when the sound of the trumpet came, nothing happened that day but the long blast of the trumpet. Long and loud, all day long, they would hear the trumpet, the shofars being sounded out throughout the land. But then it was the declaration that the day of atonement was coming. And so 10 days from the time that the horns were blown, the feast of trumpets, came the, the day of atonement where the high priest would go in alone and make sacrifice for the atoning sins of the nation. It was the day of at-one-ment. When the Lord gave a description of what would take place on Calvary, when he would offer himself as a sacrifice. And then five days after began the Feast of Tabernacles, where they would move out of their house and they would build shelters, thus being called the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths. According to the instruction of God's Word, they would build loosely woven little tabernacles outside of the house. And they would move out there and they would stay for a, for a week. Now, during this celebration, uh, it was to emphasize the fact that one day, yes, this is the celebration of the, the last harvest of the season, but also it was to remind Israel that the life that you're living is temporal. Because they would lay out uh, as they were drifting off to sleep at night, they would look up into the heavens uh, and they would see through the loosely woven uh, uh, branches that were over them, they would look up and they would recognize, wait a minute, uh, what I see is not all there is. What I see is temporal, but the word of the Lord tells me, and I understand if I can see it, taste it, touch it, feel it, then it's just temporal, but there's coming an eternal world that I cannot see. So it was a reminder to them. But during this celebration time, it was also helped them to understand where God brought them from to bring them into brought them out of Egyptian bondage to bring them in. And so it was a recognition of God's delivering powers. He brought them as pilgrims out of bondage to bring them into the place of promise. Isn't it beautiful how God does these things for us? But in the midst of that, there was a what they called the, the celebration of of the, the water libation celebration is what it's called. Water libation celebration. Because they were not only acknowledging God's deliverance, but also the Lord's provision while they were out in the wilderness. That they were there in desperate need of water. And they were going to die without this water. But it was when Moses took the staff and he struck the rock and water began to flow and they drank and so as a memorial and an acknowledgement of God's provision 
they had a ritual each morning they would get up with a golden flask a golden pitcher and they would walk down to a pool who in the Hebrew it is Siloam which means to be sent and they would that pool was fed by an unseen stream constantly filling that pool up from the unseen that pool that that they drew from couldn't be seen but it was always full came from somewhere else but they didn't know where the somewhere else but all they knew is when they went down to the pool there was water in there so they would take the golden pitcher at the time of the morning sacrifice and they would celebrate as they were making their way up the steps they would come in the gate and they would pour the the water onto the offering they do it every day and on the last day they poured the last drop out of the last pitcher and Jesus was standing there hmm see because we understand that Jesus was the rock he is the rock and that when Moses struck him struck the rock on the side it was the equivalent and a foreshadowing and a prophecy of one day Jesus would be pierced in the side and it wouldn't just be a physical blood and water that came forth but it would be an outpouring of the Spirit of God and where in Ezekiel's temple we see that the water came from the side we're gonna catch up with ourselves in a minute just stay with me okay we're flowing we're flowing all right we're flowing in the Holy Ghost come on so now he's he's there and he's like okay this water that you just poured out it's gonna trickle out and it's gonna either fall in a crack or a crevice it's gonna make its way down maybe it's gonna evaporate but but where's, where's that water and as they're standing there with a lot of celebration going on Jesus whoo wasn't even a little bit nervous was he he got loud in church I just want to tell you something all you that hunger and thirst come on over here I'll give you something to drink it'll be so satisfying in fact that drink will turn into a fountain that fountain will turn into a river all you need to do is take a drink of what I have in store and it's not gonna evaporate pour in a crack it's not gonna be lost it is a stream that's flowing undeniable I remember visiting a Pentecost church with my almost Pentecost wife Not at the time, but we're speaking prophetically. I was calling those things as not as though they were, though I didn't have a clue as to any of that, what that meant, because I was a heathen among heathens. But I show up to the church, and sister so-and-so gets up and gives a message in tongues. The hair on the back of my head just went, what did I just step into? Somebody else over here started saying what they said or interpreting what I don't know what everybody else could feel but I could feel something 
there was something different going on in this place. I've been at church up until I was about teenage age in a, in a, in a nominal church, and, and it was pretty blah. You know what I'm saying? They did some things well, but I'm not denying that. But I showed up that day, I thought, this is a little freaky, and I like it. Because God's in here. And, and what I, I, didn't, I didn't realize, even when I came in, there was, there's, there, it just felt like there's such positivity that was going on. And the very negative world that I grew up in and the bondage that I was not only hurting myself, self-afflicting, but the things that were afflicted on me, I, I just felt an overwhelming sense of there's some positive thinking people in this place. I kind of like this. I think I will show up again and again and again and again. And it was some time later, but eventually the Holy Spirit got a hold of me, and I finally decided in my desperation, I cannot continue like I am. I need God to come into my heart and be my God. And then he gloriously baptized me in his spirit. But folks, we see here that there's a river that I believe the Lord is wanting to flow out of every, from the inmost part of every person's heart. See, we think, God said, you are a holy people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. He didn't say a royal pain. He said a royal priesthood. To have this ministry of reconciliation. What are we reconciling? We're reconciling the image of man to the image of God. Because that's what we were created to walk in is the image of the Lord Almighty. Jesus Christ came to rescue his, the image of the Father. He came to restore us into the likeness of our Father. He is not the example for us. He is the example of us. And our identity is not achieved. Our identity is received when we enter into the family of God and now I'm no longer working my way to salvation. I'm not working to the cross. I'm working from it. River of God is flowing. It's not stopped. And my purpose and desire is to say, God, I believe that you want to undam these wells inside of us. So that the river will flow. And it will be absolutely undeniable. I do not apologize for a moment to, to say that we are spirit-filled people. I'm not, the, I'm not the least bit. You come into my house, amen? Now, I don't mean that as it is my house. I mean it's his house, but we're here stewarding this house. I'm not speaking to you from a reference of arrogance, and if I am, I apologize. 
But let me tell you, I just can't see any other way. After 30 years of ministry, I cannot find another formula that I can overlay or look at the Word any other way but to see that we must have the Holy Spirit in charge of the church. Otherwise, we're going to mess this thing up. Now, I didn't understand everything when I came into Pentecost. But I was just taking one step at a time, one step at a time. But see, we have so formulated generations in theology. Can I say this? Have we left room for the Holy Spirit? Let me just say it that way. Have we left room for the Holy Spirit? I know with the fire of God you get wildfire. But if you try to put the wildfire out, you may very well quench the real fire I, I just figured the Lord who knows how to birth his church knows how to build his church and we're not asking you to act like anybody else just go after God just go after the Lord and I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to pour through you like never before that we see here on the in the Word of God we, we understand that the distance that we understand that when the water began to, to flow, it was flowing, and now it got out to, they went a thousand cubits, and it got to ankle deep, then it went to knee deep, and then went to waist deep, and then uh, it was a river that they could not cross over. As we look at that, what we begin to see is, yes, there, there is historical, is historical prophecy that's taking place here. But I want to submit to you, as we talked about months back, whenever I referred to this passage of Scripture, the river didn't start flowing at the moment Christ died. The river of God has been flowing all of eternity. Before the earth was formed, the river of God was flowing because the Holy Spirit never ceased to exist. And so from the very beginning of creation, the river of God has been moving. And the enemy would love nothing more but to stop. And so the temptation of man, the fall of man, calls a, that river not to flow as deep. But what we see is God made sacrifice for man. And we see the love of God beginning to unfold. And you go out another thousand cubits, and what you see is there's a, there's a man named Enoch, and what we discover in Enoch's life is that God's desire is to fellowship with man. Enoch was walking with the Lord. Then Enoch walked with the Lord so closely that one day they went looking for Enoch, and he was not. He was no longer here. He walked so close to God, he just went on to the Lord's house and didn't stay here. I, I, he, was just, he was taken up. And then we see just a few, a few feet, a few hundred years later, we see a man named Noah that God would one day build an ark of, of, for safety against the, 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 the wrath that would be poured out upon the earth. There's an ark of safety. His name is Jesus. Then you go and you find out that the Father begins to reveal his heart as you get 2,000 cubits. Along the journey, you discover a man named Abraham. Abraham, the father of faith, and once again, God is expressing. He is showing his love. He is showing his desire to reconcile man to himself. 
As a father, that Abraham would approach God, he would approach God in faith. And we see that he, he gives an emblem and in reality of the heart of the father as he offered his own son. But the Lord said, no, there's no human sacrifice that I will accept except my son, the only true perfect sacrifice. We continue on there. Another thousand cubits, and we see Moses. We see the deliverer of Israel and the instruction given to the, the world, but the world discovers that they cannot fulfill the righteousness of God. Oh, what do we do? Do we abandon and give up? No, we keep pursuing until we end up with Christ. And then you see another thousand cubits, and now you're at David and the kings and the prophets, and we see that God that one day will bring forth a, a, a nation, and they will walk as the King of kings and the Lord of lords walks upon the earth the the church will walk in the authority that God has you see from creation to Christ was 4,000 years and now it's not a river that is from the ankle it's not a river to the knees it's not a river to the waist it's a river that's so big and so wide that you can't cross. You try to cross the river, it'll carry you. We're all nervous about political parties and the world agenda. Let me tell you, they crossed our God. Amen? I, I believe that there's a river, folks, that God intends for you and I to, to dwell in. And I believe the river of God began from the very before the beginning of time, and it's always been flowing. But now we're living in a place, and we know according to the Pentecost that the Spirit of the Lord was poured out, and now there's a river that's flowing. And this river it is not lost its intensity; it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The church is not dead; she's just a little bit sleepy, and she's going to wake up. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And the beautiful thing about it, as you read down in Ezekiel, I didn't take the time, you could do that for homework. That the water, as it continued to flow, all of a sudden, there was fruit trees cropping up all around. Blessed is the man who walks not, to say it, babe, the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of the, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he will meditate day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the river. In season and out of season. His leaf does not wither. Amen. So what you're telling, what, you, what I'm telling you today is there is a place the church can walk in and you can bear fruit in every season. Mm, my, my, my. My, my, my. I can bear some fruit in the time of a pandemic. I, I can bear some long-suffering fruit in the time of a pandemic. I can, I can bear the fruit of faith in the time of suffering. I can bear the fruit of joy even when there's mourning all around. My God, we can, we can find that there is an atmosphere 
Where does it come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. There's a fruitfulness. There's a fruitfulness. I believe that the church needs a big overflowing dose of undeniable joy. I've never been so sick of sickness in all of my life. Tired of the weariness and the propaganda and this and that. We don't deny the reality of what's taking place. But what we do understand is that the Holy Spirit is at work. And he's got a work that he's not going to do only in you, but through you. And it will be absolutely undeniable. Undeniable. That's not sourced from you. Fruitfulness is abiding. It's a connectiveness. It's not a working. It's a connectiveness. Love, and I don't know why this just came to me. It's just so funny. You remember the days of video stores? Where you went in and you, you looked for videos and check it out. Yeah, you, if you didn't rewind it, you got charged. If you didn't rewind that VHS. Y'all remember the days. Some of you youngers are like, what, what? Next, you're going to start talking about those eight track stuff. What's that? Cassettes? What's a cassette? We used to have to go rent the machine to put, you know, any machine renters in here? So we're in the video store, and I, I'm, I'm at the back, and I ran into an old school buddy. I ran into the school buddy, and he knew me BC. Before Christ, he didn't. He wasn't prepared for the A.D. after the death of self. So we're standing there, and I told him. He said, "Man, what are you doing? What are you up to these days?" I said, "Well, I'm a minister of the gospel." His eyes got about that big around, and his jaw dropped, and I left him there. Because I walked up to the front, and Andrea said, what did you do to him? He's still standing back there going. The transformation was that dramatic. I said, well, I just told him, as a born-again child of God, the Lord Jesus is my Savior, and I'm a minister of the gospel. And it jacked him up. Because he knew me when. Let me tell you, there is an undeniable reality of the Holy Spirit in the life of the individual. And if you haven't experienced him yet, I want you to experience him. And folks, I believe that some of you in here, you may be ankle deep. That's okay. I'm not asking you to jump all the way in. I'm just telling you, let's wade in a little deeper this year. Let's get to knee deep. Amen. Some of you are knee-deep, and you're like, I'm just not satisfied with a knee-deep experience. I want to get a little deeper. And some of you are going to wade on into waist-deep. But I promise you, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm just not, it's not a bait and switch. I'm just going to tell you right up front, I'm after the all in, all the way, all the way home. I'm not interested in you living a half dead life. I want you to live a full life in the Holy Spirit. I want you to experience all God has in store. And I want you to bear his image. And I want you to be overwhelmed with the glory of God. 
So I just want you to know that's what I'm about, okay? But I'm, I want to I walk with you. I, I want to see because what happens is the Lord wants fruitfulness in every season. And the water, wherever the water goes, it not only brings, it not only brings fruitfulness, wherever that water touched, it was healing. It was healing. It was healing. Let me tell you, the Lord has healed your heart. He's healed your home. He's healed your body. Now he's called you to carry the ministry of reconciliation and see the healing of God. With that rivers that continued, it ended up in a place where there was no life. The dead sea. I wonder why they call it the Dead Sea. What? Pretty descriptive, isn't it? It's dead. Why do you call it dead? Because it's dead. It only has an inlet, it has no outlet. Everything that goes into it dies, it's just dead. Until, until, until that river is swelling up on the inside of the church. I just imagine it this way. I, I just believe, I believe, I believe that God is going to, he, he's causing his hunger to arise in your heart. And see, you can stay ankle deep all your life. You can. And that's well and good, and, and you can do that. But let me tell you, I believe there's a hunger, there's a response to the glory of God. And I believe God wants you to get knee deep. And, and then I believe there's a hunger of God that he wants you to get waist deep, knee deep, waist deep. Now he wants you to get all the way in. He wants you to come all the way in because he's got something in store for you. It is bring a healing to the nations. It is to bring a fruitfulness that the seed of God's word may be planted in other people's hearts. And let me tell you, at the end of the day, everywhere the Holy Spirit, everywhere he touches, he brings life with him. And he causes those areas, the mass areas of death, to turn to life. But see, it's a supernatural occurrence that takes place. Someone was swimming in the river the day I walked in to Lighthouse Assembly of God in Bowie, Texas. Someone had been praying for this down-and-out, outcast, drug addict, self-hatred teenage boy. Someone decided they weren't going to be about the, the, the flitting around about the work. They wanted to sit at Jesus' feet and hear what he had to say and there was a river flowing in that house that day and that river came close to me and it brought the dead to life the dead to life out of your inmost being it didn't say a, a, it said rivers now, you can correct me if you want. Theologians, give me just a little bit of space. 
This is just me, okay? I'm just using logic, and we're going to quit. For those of you that are here thinking, I'm hungry. I, didn't, I missed my black-eyed peas yesterday. Anybody eat black-eyed peas with ketchup? Oh, power to you. You put your hand in? Nobody in here? One brother up there. Black-eyed peas and ketchup. Try it. You'll never be the same. I don't know where that came from. I think I'm getting hungry, too. And where was I? River. This is my interpretation. Mine alone. Hadn't found anybody to agree with me yet. But Jesus was prophesying of an outpouring that at the moment that he stood and he made that declaration that hadn't happened yet. But he knew that at his death, because he told his disciples, that I, I must needs go to the Father so that I can send you the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. And I believe that river became so wide that you couldn't cross, but I believe that river has not lost intensity. Why? Because that river flows from the house of God. Our world is more populated with humanity than ever in the time of history. So that would stand to reason that there's a church that number-wise is bigger than it's ever been. And if the river's flowing through the, from the house, it would seem to me the intensity should be getting greater. Is that logical? I just want to be a part of that river. I don't want just the river to flow in here. I want it to flow down there and across town and out of state and around the world. Why? Because my father wants the river to flow. And my father's coming back after a harvest. And he's chosen you and I to be harvesters in these last days. And I believe that the river that God desires is going to be absolutely 100% infallible and undeniable. Lord, let it begin here. Let it begin in us. Would you agree that our city and our region needs an outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Do, do you believe that, that God can bring life to death? Do you believe the Lord can use you? I got 12. That's great. We're going to work on 24 next week. 36, 48. And get everybody in here agreeing. Amen. Would you stand? Worship team, make your way up. God, I want an overflow. I want an undeniable overflow of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want an overflow. The longer I live for God, the less I realize that I, the more that I realize that I, I don't know. But what I mean by that is this. Maybe I should frame it this way. The further I get in God, the more I realize I need Him. There's a desperation that's rising up. It's a hunger.
That hunger says, Lord, I, this year is a great time to start. Take me from ankle to knee, from knee to waist, into waist to overflowing. But right now, if your heart's desired and, and if you're able, could you step out right now and just, you step out in the aisle, you can step out in the front. I, I want this to be a, a time where we publicly before God make a declaration that 2022 is our time. Is our time to pursue and to get deeper in the things of God. Right now, just begin to move in, move out. Lift your hands before the Lord, and we're going we're gonna to petition God together. Lord, let 2022, Lord God, 2022, Lord God, let it be a time, Father God, of an outpouring, Lord God, beyond our imagination. Father, I pray, Lord, that right now, Lord God, that you would stir a hunger, Lord God, a deep, ravenous, overwhelming hunger, Lord. Lord, a hunger, God, that will be a thirst, Father, a thirst, Father God, a thirst, oh Lord God, for the presence of your Spirit. Lord, my God, that we feel the wooing of, Lord God, you leading us, God, into those deeper, deeper, deeper waters, Lord, that we won't be afraid. But, Lord, that we will step out, God. Lord, if it means inconvenience, Lord, we'll inconvenience ourselves. But, Lord, we, we pray today. Father, knowing that you must, Lord God, not only provide the water of the Holy Spirit, you've got to provide the thirst. Lord, I pray that, Lord God, knowing that they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, Lord God, after right standing before God, after right image before God, after right holiness before God, Lord, you have separated us from, Lord God, who we thought we were. To bring us in, Lord God, to a place to reveal to us who we are in you. Lord, I pray today, Lord, let there be an overwhelming. There's those of you in the altar right now, you say, I need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. Just lift your hands to the Lord right now. Say, I, I haven't spoken in tongues in 20 years. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, feel me, God, afresh. Those of you that are seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just lift your hands and say, Lord God, I pray that you'll put something in me, Lord God, a yearning, a desire, Lord God. If you're in this house today, you just say, I just, I want to leave yesterday behind. I, I know I can't do it myself, but I'm going to take confidence in God. I'm just going to trust Him. I'm just going to trust Him, Lord God. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper, Lord God. Father, you see the hearts, Lord God. You see the individuals today. Lord, we're asking today. Come on with sincerity, church. Father, we want to pray today. Lord, break every barrier, Lord God. Lord, break every hindrance, Lord God. Break it, Lord. We want to bear fruit in every season, Lord God. We want to bring your Lord life and healing everywhere we go, Lord God. But Father, we believe that it is your purpose and your will and your desire. Father, in the name of the Lord God, I pray that this year, Lord, that Lord, that Lord, we will go beyond full and start living in the overflow. That there will be an undeniable presence and power of a person of the Holy Spirit that brings witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we ask today, Lord God, merciful God, mighty God, Lord, let your spirit, Lord, move. 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, Lord. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to pray with me right now. That this river of death that has been... This flood of the enemy will be destroyed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Right now, if there's anyone that you know of that is sick in body, someone you missed this morning, a family member that is in distress, a friend that is on the bitter edge, I want you right now just begin to call their name out before the Lord. Pray the Holy Spirit begin to move in their life. Pray the Holy Spirit would give opportunity. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we come before you today. Father, we ask in your name. Lord, we ask in your name. For Lord God, an outpouring of the Spirit in their lives. I pray for healing, Lord God, upon bodies, Lord. Healing upon our families, Lord God. I pray those that are out and down today with COVID, Lord God, will have an instant and immediate recovery. I pray, Father, those that are in this house today that have lingering symptoms, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would heal their bodies. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, Father God, for those that, Lord Susan, Lord God, this is chronic pain, Father God, Lord Morrison, I pray right now that you would touch her body, Lord God, and Lord, heal her, Father God. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, Lord, that you, that you, Father God, Come and move, Lord, as only you can. Worship the Lord as the worship team leads us right now.